I guess that's me. Hey, good morning, fam. How's it going? Okay, that's great. Gives me something to work with. Um, man, I, when I when I just when I say family, I just we just don't take that lightly. We just we believe the church is a family. It's not a building or a program or a service. It's a family. I was just reading. I think it's in Psalm 68. It's right around where I'm reading, and it's just a simple thing. It says God puts the lonely into families. David saying, you put lonely, the lonely into families, and I believe that that's one of the reasons that we exist is to, uh, to connect, and I love the room, <laughs> how we have to interrupt it um, every week. Um, anyway, I love you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, we have this great ministry in Zimbabwe uh, that we partner with, um, Peniel Center, and we, uh, we've been, I've been a few times, we've taken some, some people from here a couple times to to really connect with this, this group of people. Actually, this guy, uh, Gideon, um, who was a kid and with, without a family, came to know Jesus and began, he and his wife began to take kids into their home. And then over time, that turned into uh, this, what he's doing now. He's a pastor and loving and serving the very most vulnerable in Zimbabwe. Um, anyway, uh, if you're in, wanting information about that, put Zim on your card. I'd love to talk to you about what we're doing in Zimbabwe. But <clears throat> this is a safe place, right? This is a safe place. I, I can say some stuff and be honest. And you guys aren't going to use that against me or just leave, I hope. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping. So I'm actually in Zimbabwe. Uh, this was six or seven years ago. So that, that means I'm in my late 40s or early 50s, just to give you a little, a little idea of how old I am. And I'm, I'm hanging out with this guy. We're doing some work projects. And he begins to t- talk about his... Friend, I know this. I know this guy, and um, he's he's old, and he he doesn't really know how to tie his shoes, and I don't know how to tell him. And um, he's just constantly tying his shoes all during the day because he's tying his shoes wrong. And I, I was just like, as I'm as I'm walking, we're doing work together. I'm like, gosh, this is gonna be a long two weeks if this is if this is where our conversation is gonna be about guys at work and and. Uh, Later that afternoon, this is a true story, later that afternoon, I'm walking down and my shoe is untied. And I thought, he's talking about me. So I start looking and like tying my shoes in various kinds of ways and then feeling like, and then I realized for 49 or 50 years, I was tying my shoes wrong. I, I wasn't tying my shoes correctly. And I was, man, I'm so thankful now that he, Taught me like right now I can tie my shoes like no other. If you need if you need to know how, let me know. If your shoes are coming untied, that's not normal. That actually isn't normal, uh, which I thought for my whole life it was normal. Uh, I was really glad. And but that's what makes me uncomfortable. I right, have to think, oh man, I have to admit this thing is happening. But the reality is we don't grow in any kind of capacity in any way without admitting that, hey, maybe there's something I'm doing wrong. Or maybe there's something that I can learn about this thing. And I know I'm this long, I know I've been around it this long. I know I've been at this job this thing. I know I've been a parent this long. But our willingness to be open and hey, hey, maybe there's a way I can do this better. Or maybe even there's some things about doing this that, that I've been doing wrong. That's a really hard place to be. And, but that's where I'm going to lead us today. Is that all right? Um, we're going to talk about this idea of prayer. And I don't know why, but. When we think about maybe that there's some things about our prayer life, at least maybe some of us that have grown up around church and religion our whole lives, that it's, it kind of feels weird to me. Anyway, it felt weird for me to like to think, is, as I start to prepare for this prayer deal, 
Is there room for me to grow? Can I admit that there's some things maybe in my prayer life uh, that, I've, that I've grabbed onto, maybe some religious things, or maybe some cultural things that really have no rooting in the Bible? And, and could my prayer life be better? And that's what we're going to talk about right now. What if your prayer life could be better? We're walking in the series Prayers to Pray. And uh, one of the things that we, we don't want to be about is just telling people what they should do. Right? I think, here's what you should do. Here's what you should do. Here's what you should do. Um, we don't want to should kind of all over people. And, that, and so even like this series, it isn't prayers we should pray. This is like prayers to pray. And we're going to learn together some things about prayer that I think, at least in my, in my experience over the last uh, months and weeks as I've been preparing for this series, have really changed me and changed the way that I look at, at God, really revealed some ways that I look at God that just aren't true. And it really helped me in my relationship. So um, the next four weeks, in four weeks, we're going to talk about this prayer, I messed up. And maybe for some of you, again, right? Like um, that, that idea of, here's, what do I do when I mess up? How do I talk to God when I mess up? And maybe again. And let me just say, I love Chris. Chris is our, was our worship leader. Uh, you guys appreciate Chris, right? He's great. Um, I love Chris. And, and we, we started talking maybe a year and a half ago maybe is when we started talking and he's been on staff by a year, three months or so. And, um, and we wanted to have an inclusive hire. That's one of the reasons we pressed into Chris because he's a San Diego Chargers fan. And uh, that really pushed us into this like inclusivity, like is there a line there? And, um, and then he, he designed these slides and look what he designed and he designed them blue and orange just for us on, on this great Bronco kind of weekend. So yeah, thanks Chris, we love you and appreciate you. Um, seriously, he's amazing, I love you, really do. Um, so we're gonna talk in four weeks about like, man, when we mess up and maybe again and again and again, what does it look like to talk to God about that? We're gonna talk in three weeks uh, uh, with this prayer of unity, may we be one. Jesus, uh, one of the, the last things he was talking to his disciples about in John 17 is that he prays for his disciples and he prays for us. And he's like, may they be one. And he's talking to God like you and I are one, like in this, in this indistinguishable unity. Next week, we're going to talk about this prayer of desperation. Just, man, when, when, when all we can do is just say help. This is, this is maybe the only word that can come out of my guts. Like, I need your help. And today we're going to talk about this, this phrase, this prayer to pray, not my will, but yours. Not what my will, but yours. This, this prayer of submission. And what we're going to learn in the next few minutes is uh, we're going to learn a lot about the primary purpose of prayer because I think I mess up on that a lot. I, I, sometimes I think the primary, I, I, and I don't maybe think this, but as I look at my prayer life and maybe I look back at, at prayers that I write down, uh, a, a lot of my time seems to be around trying to talk God into doing something. Trying to talk God into changing his mind. Which, as we're going to discover, really says a lot about what we think about God. If, if when we talk to him, we, we think that he's not thinking rightly. So we're going to talk today about the primary purpose of prayer. The primary purpose of prayer is not for me to get God to change his mind, but for him to get me to change mine. For, it, for him to bend my will to his, not, not me bend his will to mine. And that's what we're going to look at today. And, and here's, this great, here's this great deal. Your relationship with Jesus. 
and, and I recognize we're watching online or people in this room, we're in lots of different places in our relationship with Jesus. But, but I'll just say, as we press into this idea of understanding about prayer, we're going to learn something more and more about the character and nature of God that I think will blow us away. And, and will draw us closer to him. And as we, as we understand uh, our prayer life and what it actually is designed for, we're going to learn things about our, ourselves and our connection with Jesus. He's going to raise our, our connection with his work around our world in us, around us, and through us is going to be different. We're going to have a greater perception of that. And so I'm excited to, to jump right in. I'm going to pray, which is a lot of pressure, right? So I'm, just, I'm going to talk about how to pray, right? And now I'm going to pray. So I appreciate Taryn and those of you that prayed this today. Like, oh, great. Now everybody's going to be grading my prayer on this idea of what Rick just talked about. So that's not going to happen, um, I hope. I hope it doesn't happen to you guys. So let me pray. Uh, Father, you invite us to call you Father. You, I mean, that, that you love us, you see us, you're proud of us. You want what's best for us. And you're all-powerful. You, you want to communicate truth to us today that, that does change us, not just change our behavior, but changes us and the way that we see you, ourselves, the way that we relate to this world. So you've got to have your way in this room, in me, today. Amen. So if you brought your Bibles, you open up to Matthew chapter 6. If you didn't bring a Bible, grab one that's right around you. Um, as always, I just encourage you, uh, bring your own Bible. If you don't have one or just like our covers better, uh, grab one of the ones that's there, write your name in it, and then just continue to bring it back with you when you come. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you're in some books that have some weird names, <laughs> and I open up to Daniel. That's not a weird name. That's kind of a normal name. Uh, Nahum, Zephaniah, uh, you're not far enough. So Matthew chapter 6. And what we're going to see... Uh, this group of friends that Jesus hung out with, uh, were, they, they were really super, in, in a super religious culture, uh, they would have been praying their whole lives. Uh, they would have probably gone to some religious school at least a little bit in their young lives and learned a lot about prayer. But something about the way Jesus prayed, there was a, uh, a time when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, will you teach us how to pray? They've been praying their whole lives. They've been surrounded by prayer in this, in this religious culture their whole lives. But something about how Jesus prayed stirred them to, like, have that conversation that we had right at the beginning. Like, hey, there's something about how I'm praying that might not, doesn't, doesn't, it feels like what you're doing and what I'm doing are different. And, I, and what you're doing feels way better. So, so can you teach me how to pray? And then uh, we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 6 what Jesus' response is. And, and I'll just, I'll, let me just say this as we talk about um, reading God's word. We're, we're in this thing called the 7700 Lighthouse Campaign, and there's, um, we're, we're going to talk about missional communities, our small group, we, our small groups. We hope, we want, our hope is that every person that calls Westwood's home would get into a, a small group. We have things about reading scripture together. I got an email today um, that said, hey, here's the reading plan for this, for this week, and we want, we want everyone that calls Westwood's home to be involved in that, because we think connecting with God's word is important. We have a prayer emphasis. We want everyone to be involved in that because we think that's important. We have uh, an emphasis about just inviting people. We want everyone to be involved in part of that. And then this financial thing, we want everyone to be a part of that. So if you're, if you're not, if you call Westwood your home and you're not in an MC or not in a, in, involved in the, in the prayer thing or the God's word thing, um, we just, you can just write that on your card. We'll send you information. Sorry, that was a little bit long. Let me read how Jesus 
starts in verse 5 of Matthew chapter 6. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand, they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they will have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And then this first part of verse 9, this then is how you should pray. I love that Jesus starts answering this question. He's like, hey, here's, here's some things uh, that probably you need to start deconstructing. There's, uh, Jesus deconstructs this piece and then reconstructs it, which is a really, really important thing. There's that kind of this buzzword around uh, Christian circles, this idea of deconstruction. And, and there's people that are like, dive, like oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of this deconstruction. And there's people that are like, oh no, no, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Uh, again, Christianity most of the time doesn't exist on those edges. It kind of exists in the middle. So we should always be in this place of deconstructing our faith and going, hey, what kind, what, what's globbing onto my faith that's not in Scripture? How am I seeing myself or God in ways that isn't represented in Scripture? How, how has my tradition maybe shaded some things I think about God or how he thinks about me? How are my experiences done that? We're, we should always be in that phrase and always be in the place of allowing God to reconstruct and like, hey, and then on your, based on your word, who are you really and how do you want me to connect with you really? So that's what Jesus begins to do. And because he begins and he says, hey, 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 when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites because they love to stand up and to be seen and to pray really fancy words. And, and, and I've been around people in, in my life that will kind of talk normally until they pray, and then all of a sudden they, they revert back to 1600 England, like, oh, thy God of thy great power, and I'm just like, what's happening right there? And I gotta tell you, some, sometimes, uh, in, just in my experience, sometimes guys that, and, and ladies that pray like that, that's like the best thing about them. And then you begin to, to experience life with them, like, oh, that, that's not connected. And Jesus is like, hey, don't do that. Prayer isn't about a show. Hey, if, if, if you're praying so that people will look up to you, if that's, if that's the bottom line of prayer, like I want people to look at and see how spiritual I am. He's talking to his disciples and maybe he's talking to some of us. Like, hey, that, then, then that's what you're going to get. Your benefit from that is going to be people are going to come up to you and go, oh, man, you pray so beautifully. What does it, what does it say about God? Primary focus is impressing people with your prayers. Jesus is like, hey, so don't do that. And, and then it isn't, isn't it going to be more effective if you're just pestering God like, can you, do, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Like the, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And she's like, don't be like the, the pagans who just see things over and over and over and over and over. And really ultimately they, what they hope is that they'll wear down God. And my kids are really good at that. We're really good at it. <laughs> I'm like, man, I know if I just keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, he, he won't want to do that, but he'll just do it to get rid of me, right? And I think sometimes we think about God like that. And, and I'll just say this, there's a difference between, between waking up 
up every morning and having a heavy heart for a certain thing and going, God, I'm going to bring my heart to you about this issue. And I know I talked to you about it yesterday. And I know I talked to you about the day before. That, that's different than, than just saying, I have this idea of God that God doesn't really want my best. That's what we're saying, right? God, but I'm just going to wear him down. Please, please do this. Please do this. Please do this. Please do this. And he will change his mind somehow. Man, that says a lot about what we think about God. Our prayer habits really say a lot about what we believe in God. And I would just ask you, man, over the next few hours today or the next couple of days as you reflect on your prayer habits, what do they say about what you really believe about God? What do they say? It's been, it's been pretty enlightening for me, and I'll get into that a little later. He, he doesn't just leave us like the don'ts, and I, it's really easy. The easiest messages to give are messages that say, don't do this. Just don't do that. Don't pray like that. Don't pray like that. Uh, it's a part of it, but Jesus doesn't leave us there. He does say some things that we should do. It's like, hey, when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Man, as I, as I read that, it, I really had to ask myself this. Like, what does my behind-closed-door prayer time look like? We really need behind-closed-door prayer time. And it's not to say we don't need every day like driving down the road prayer time, right? Uh, we need that too. I think about my relationship with Shauna. Um, if if, if any time something happened, I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk to Shauna about that tomorrow between 6.15 and 6.20, right? Uh, I, I'm not going to bother her during the day. I'm just going to do this. And, and we're not going to talk even at dinner. We're not going to have casual conversation because I'm going to have this behind closed door prayer time with her or, or conversation time with her between 6.15 and 6.20 every day. That would not, our relationship would not be great, right? Or if, if we never had behind closed door prayer, uh, prayer time uh, conversation, if we would always just, oh, yeah, by the way, this. Oh, yeah, by the way, this. Oh, yeah, by the way, this. Both of those things are really important in my relationship with my wife. We need, I need to be able to feel like I can, I can send her a text and say, hey, I'm walking into a tough meeting. Will you pray for me, right? Or, hey, I'm thinking about you in this moment. And we need to have time where we're like, eyeball to eyeball and nobody else is around and we can just unpack some things that are going on and have to have some time. And, and uh, what struck me is that, um, that sometimes when I'm really good at one, I'm not very good at the other. Because like I talked about, it's easy in Christianity to kind of be on one side or the other. What's difficult is to say both of these things are important. And Jesus, as he starts giving his friends, his followers, like, hey, here's how to pray. Go behind closed doors. Close your door. And I would, I would encourage you to maybe get on your knees and spend, spend some time in closed-door prayer time with God. And then we're going to talk about what to talk about. Look what he says. When you pray, don't keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard in their many words. Don't be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask him, underline that. I can't tell you the number of times that people have asked me, if God knows what I need before I ask him, then why do I pray? What's the purpose of prayer? My kids ask me that. I'm like, uh, go talk to your mother about that. That's, uh... <laughs> but we're going to talk about it. So that's exactly. 
we're talking about the primary purpose of prayer is not to communicate to God what we need because he already knows what we need. The primary purpose of prayer is to bend, not to bend God to do my will, but to sit in some space and allow him to bend my will to his. Sin is how you should pray, Jesus says in verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to get two verses maybe. And these two verses, I think they'll revolutionize maybe or refresh our view of God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, he says, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Circle Father and circle hallowed. Um, Jesus says, hey, go behind closed doors. Go into a room, go behind closed doors and pray this way. Start with this idea that God is your father. Some of you, that's gonna, when, when, you, when you hear God as father, it brings a real healthy understanding of what father is. Some of you, when I say father, you think of loving, you think of self-sacrificial, you think of someone who, uh, who has paid a price for you, who is for you, who cheers you on, who is healthy in their, in their connection with you. And if, if that's your story, I'm so glad it is. It's, it's not everyone's story because some of you, when I say father, when Jesus says, hey, tar- start talking to God as father, that, there, there's like a little puckering that starts to happen. My, my dad was a piece of work. I will say this, because I'm a big kid now. Um, I've done, you know, I've, I've been able to say, I, I really do think, for the most part, he tried his best. And I really do think he, he loved me at the core of who he was. I didn't always experience that, however. Maybe you haven't either. So as I talk about Father, let's just, we can just recognize maybe what's going on in, in your heart right now. And let, let me paint a picture of Father. Father who really is proud of you. Who, who I think like stands at the balcony of heaven and watches your life and elbows his angels and says, I thought of you. That was mine right there. Who, who wants what's best for you. And here's this cool thing. Because it didn't just say that. God doesn't, or Jesus didn't say, hey, just start, just start with Father. He said, Father, Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. Like there's this incredible combination of things. He's saying, hallowed means like reverence. Like we have to recognize that we're talking to the God who created the sun and the moon and the stars. This isn't just some Joe Schmo. This isn't just some some little minor character. This is the person, this is the person that created, that is all powerful, that created us. This is infinite. And maybe this is the best way to put it. The infinite invites us to be intimate. Jesus is saying, hey, you know what's gonna, you know what's gonna help you pray? If you recognize who it is you're praying to. It's infinite God. 
who is bigger than we can ever comprehend. And somehow that God invites us to call him Father. Who wants what's best for us. And is able to bring about what's best for us. And here's this cool thing in God's economy. What's best for us is best for the people around us and best for the world, best for the kingdom. I don't know how that's true, but it's true. If we understand that, or even maybe a little bit of that, why would we want to change his mind? Why would we want to talk him into doing something that, that he doesn't want to do? So God, God is this infinite that invites us to be intimate, and that's how we start. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then he keeps going, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, kingdom is a word all over the Bible. It really means my kingdom is the range of my effective will. It, my kingdom is where what I want to happen happens. And I would like to say that's my home, but um, my home is more of a democracy than a kingdom, which is good, it's healthy. Um, so maybe the only time I truly experience life in my kingdom is when I'm alone in my car. I'm not sure exactly if there's other times maybe. Um, but it's the range of my effective will. That's, that's my kingdom. What, what I want to happen, happens. When we think, of, when we think about God's kingdom, it's what, when, what God wants to happen, happens. When people live connected to him perfectly. That, that's this, this idea of God's kingdom. And what it, what it looks like is for me to surrender my kingdom to his kingdom. Now, um, Jesus says some pretty powerful words here that maybe because they're in this, in this prayer that we repeat, we prayed it together, it just became, we, it loses its power. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What we're saying, Jesus is saying, hey, first of all, start with understanding who you're talking to. And secondly, begin to say, hey, 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 not my kingdom, your kingdom. Not my will, but your will. You know, my kingdom, the range of my effective will is temporary. It's small and temporary. And sometimes, sometimes I'm just exhausting, I'm just exhausted with the, being, you know, kind of in, in, enamored with the things that were going on in my kingdom. And Jesus is like, hey, you know what you could do? You could just seek first my kingdom. Because my kingdom is eternal. And, and so maybe, maybe spend a little less time uh, worrying about the things. And, and remember what we talked about? God knows my needs and my little kingdom. He knows those things already. So maybe we can spend some time saying, hey, not my will, but, or not my kingdom, but your kingdom. And not my will, but your will. You know, ultimately what I want in life, in my humanity, I, I, I want to maximize pleasure and I want to minimize pain. That's what I want to do. That's, that's where my natural will will lead me. Hey, what do you want to do today? And my, I, my natural will will like, oh, what's easiest? What will make me happiest? And so Jesus is saying, hey, you have to realize that. You have to realize that there's a pull there. And you have to say, hey, not, not my will, but your will. Because my will leads, always leads to comfort. And, and your will always leads to impact in actual life primary purpose of prayer 
not to bend God's will to mine, but but to allow him to bend my will to his, to be able to spend time to say, hey, God, here's, here's where I naturally want to go. Here's this pull of this earth, but I, I want to say no to that and yes to you. Jesus experienced it. On the, he's, he's praying as he, as he sees the cross on his horizon and knows what's going to happen. Here's what he says in Matthew chapter 26. He says this. Click that next slide, would you? Jesus went a little bit beyond them and fell down to his face, and he prayed. Here's what his prayer was. My father started there. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. I, God, I, I see the suffering and difficulty on the horizon, and if there's a way that I could avoid that, that would be great. Ultimately, however, I want, I want your will in my life. My primary purpose of prayer not to bend God's will to my will, but to bend mine to his. That's what the primary purpose of prayer is. Click that next one, would you? So we got to, I'm trying to figure out where we're at. Okay, so this week, here's what we're going to do. I want to encourage you this week, start your day alone. On your knees, behind closed doors. Let's just, let's just see what that looks like. It might, might not be that. It doesn't, it doesn't look like I, I can't do that in my room. So it's not like the first five seconds of my life. So I have to figure out what does that look like? What does that place look like? What does that time look like? How do I start my day that way? It doesn't mean necessarily the first 10 seconds of my life. But for all of us, where are we at there? And start your, start your day like reflecting um, on the Father and his love. So maybe you find that place, you close the door, you get on your knees. Just, and just know that that's a, sometimes my body you know, tells me if I get on my knees, I'm not getting up the rest of the day. So I know that's some, uh, it's, it maybe it looks like bowing. I don't know how, what that looks like for you. Start your day reflecting on your father's love and his infiniteness. And your day laying down your kingdom, saying, God, here's, here's my kingdom, I'm just gonna lay it down. And here's my will, I'm gonna lay it down for yours. So uh, the band's going to come back up. Sorry, they're all looking at each other like, this is when we're supposed to go up. I was supposed to say that earlier. So you guys come on up, and we're going to do something that we've never done. And actually, the next four weeks, we're going to do a very similar thing. Not very similar, an exact same thing. Uh, we're going to have the teaching, and then we're going to have a reflection time at the end. And that reflection time uh, looks like three different options. So this isn't an all play. It isn't like everybody has to do all three of these things. It really is just an opportunity for you to say, hey, God, what does this look like for me this week? So uh, this reflection time, we're going to have three different things happening. So under these lights on that side and that side, uh, people from our prayer team who are in the room during worship uh, usually are back here during prayer or during worship for prayer. They're going to be up here underneath that light and that light. And uh, they're going to be available to pray. So maybe some of you uh, just need someone to pray. Um, then we have these little, this little station right here on this side and this side um, for you to come and uh, maybe kneel. To light a candle. A candle isn't like a magical thing. What a candle does is represents like, God, I want your hope or your light or your power to come into this specific thing in my life, in, into this little piece of darkness in my life or in my world. So just want to encourage you to you can spread out along there and maybe light a candle and just spend some time praying on your knees. And then we have communion here. Um, there's a gluten-free option at the back of both, either one of these tables. And if it feels like, you know, you know what I really want? 
you know what I need right now? I need a physical representation that, yes, God, I'm saying yes to your forgiveness. And yes to your strength as we, as we drink the juice. It's a picture of, of the forgiveness of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And then we have the cracker that is this picture of uh, saying yes to leaning on him for our strength in this world. So maybe that's what some of you need to do to grab that, go back to your seat and pray. Or maybe just stay up here, grab it and pray. Maybe individually or maybe together you guys can do that. So um, would you stand and I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump in. Jesus, we're thankful for you in this moment. Father, we come to you as our loving Father, who is love and light and hope. God, we, we're not coming to you to, to change your mind. We just want to hear from you about what your kingdom looks like, your invitation into Just, just 